0: Welcome back. You're listening to the Systems Made Simple podcast, and this is episode 148. Today, we're going to be talking about the most under-monetized asset in your business. Yep, something that you have in your possession right now, but that you're probably not using to the extent that you could be. The best part about this asset, though, is that it's totally free to use, so there is zero excuse not to. That's all coming up inside of today's episode. So, to find out what it is, stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for one thing helping overworked entrepreneurs like you learn how to run your business like a true visionary leader. Because when you get the right systems, support, and structure in place, you can spend more time in your zone of genius. So if you're tired of listening to today's business influencers teach the same old, worn-out marketing strategies that aren't making you any money, it's time to take a look under the hood of your business and fix the engine itself. Because the truth is, you don't have to work as hard as you are right now to scale beyond six figures and create the greater influence, income, and impact that you deserve. The secret to scaling starts on the back end of your business. This is the Systems Made Simple podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I've got to give a shout out to our featured listener this week, Alex, who says, I have learned so much from this show and from the guests who have appeared on this show. A plus, a must listen, one of my favorites, especially if you're looking to build better systems. Alex, thank you so much. You know, as a podcast host, it can be kind of lonely on this side of the mic. I don't get to see you interacting with and reacting to the content that I share here on the show. So your reviews truly mean a lot to me, especially personally as a host, because that's the only way that I know that this show is having an impact on you and in your life. And in your business. So, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to share your thoughts with me about the show and for you listening, whether you've been a longtime listener or maybe you are just tuning in for the first time today. If you love what you hear on the show, then I would love to hear from you. Scroll down in your Apple app, tap the five stars, and write a sentence or two. Let me know how the show has made a difference for you. Now, I'm joined today by someone who I have looked up to and admired for many, many years now. His name is Grant Baldwin, and he is a respected and highly sought after speaker, podcaster, author, and an accomplished entrepreneur. He's the founder of The Speaker Lab, which you might have heard about. You might have heard his podcast, also called The Speaker Lab where he's helped thousands and thousands of people build successful and sustainable speaking businesses. Now, Grant has been doing this for over 15 years. He's been recognized by Forbes. He's been recognized by Inc. He's been recognized by Entrepreneur and Huffington Post, just to name a few. And I discovered him, I would say about five or six years ago, around the same time that his podcast first came out. This was back in the early days of my business, When I was walking the neighborhood with my son every day, strapping him into the stroller, listening to podcasts, trying to find the secrets and the golden tickets and the solutions to building a sustainable online business. And Grant taught me so much. What I learned from Grant specifically was how to become more confident in sharing my own message, which later led to me launching this podcast that you're listening to right now and speaking from stages, and teaching live workshops, and doing all the things that I do today. So I attribute much of my early success in my business to Grant because through him sharing his message and equipping more people to share their messages with the masses, he gave me the courage to do the same. So whether you are a business owner who feels like you're just not a good speaker and you never want to set foot on a stage in your life, or maybe you're an aspiring speaker who wants to get your message out in front of more people on more stages, wherever you are, pay close attention to this episode because this episode is for you. As business owners, chances are you don't need me to tell you that we all have a massive opportunity to hone our ability to communicate. I want you to think about that for a second. Think about how communication and your ability to communicate clearly impacts literally everything you do in your business. Your voice doesn't just have an impact on a stage speaking to thousands of people. It has an impact in the social media story that you share to your Instagram today. It has an impact in the email that you send to your list later this week. It has an impact on that sales call that you show up for later today, or that coaching call that you host on your ability to lead your clients to and through transformation, to facilitate that transformation for them. It has an impact in every single presentation that you do, whether that's online or offline, every workshop that you teach, every podcast that you host or appear on as a guest. And even beyond business, our ability to communicate determines the success of the interactions we have with our family, our friends, our team members, our colleagues, our students, our clients. All of it relies on your ability to communicate well. And the truth of the matter is, we're all human. We all have a deep desire to be heard and to feel heard. But it's important to understand that a prerequisite of being heard is your ability to communicate in a way that others will hear. So Grant is here today to show you how to do just that. And when you finish listening to this episode, you are going to know how to become an expert communicator and to make your content more engaging and relatable So that you can show up as an expert and authority, but still be accessible and approachable and down to earth. Grant is also going to show you his tips for how to navigate any nerves or any anxiety that you might feel leading up to a live event. And to find the balance between being prepared and over-preparing. He also gives some tips on how much to script your talk or your podcast episode or your workshop, and how much to lean on your own inner guidance and intuition. And ultimately, he's going to show you how to create memorable experiences and exponentially grow your business and reach new audiences with your message, both on stage and off stage, by becoming the voice of authority in your business. Grant, welcome to the Systems Made Simple podcast. It's so awesome to have you here. You know, we just were talking a moment ago and it's very surreal to be sitting here having this conversation with you because you are someone that I've idolized from the early days in my business, five, six years ago when I got started. So thank you for your time to be here today. I'm really looking forward to what we have to talk about.
1: Thanks, Courtney. I really appreciate the kind words and uh, yeah, this is going to be fun.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, You know, I was thinking about our conversation coming up today, and I was thinking about a recent conversation that I had with one of our students who are in our podcast program. And she said, you know, Courtney, something that you said to me recently that really struck me was that in order to be seen as a thought leader, I have to actually share my own thoughts. And she said, it sounds so stupid and so silly to actually hear myself say that out loud to you. She said, but it really struck me. She said, because I spend a lot of time consuming other people's content. She said, but I don't spend a lot of time sharing my own thoughts about that content or just my own thoughts and ideas with my audience. And I don't know about you, but I'm seeing this a lot lately where people want to be seen as an expert. They want to be seen as a thought leader. They want to be seen as an influencer, but they're really struggling to step into their role. As the voice of authority in their business, and I'm curious to hear why do you think that is.
1: Well, I think everybody is dealing with some level of imposter syndrome. You know, we're all wondering, like, you know, why me or who am I to to want to be a speaker or a podcast or whatever it may be. And I, I think that like any uh, um, any speaker, author, course creator, entrepreneur, podcaster that you look up to, you admire, you respect i think at the end of the day like we're all just doing our best we're all making it up as we go we're all just figuring it out you know and th- there's days where you're just like hey this is this is working things are going well and it's all clicking and days you're like it's falling apart and i don't entirely know why but again i think the important thing is like at the end of the day like everybody feels some level of doubt and insecurity and fear and worry like why you know why would anyone listen to me why would anyone download my podcast why would anyone buy my thing why would anyone hire me and like i think like some of that's just a, a normal like human emotion and so so i think part of being an entrepreneur is learning just to to manage those and knowing that that some those those doubts may get quieter they may get louder at times but they're never going to fully go away so i mean at this point in my own career i've been self employed for uh like 17 18 years or so and there's again there's days where it feels great and days where you're just like i don't i don't have any idea what i'm doing and this could all come tumbling down at any moment and i don't know you know uh, and so again i think that that's important to note that Everybody deals with some of those doubts and insecurities and fears. And if anything, I think it's just a reminder that you're you're human, and that's that's a normal emotion,
0: yeah. So interesting to hear you say that, too. I was curious as you were sharing, like, do you still experience that self-doubt? You know, you've been speaking on stages for all these years now. Do you still get those butterflies before you walk out and step on a stage? And hearing you say that, is, is interesting because we often don't think that the people who have made it to the top, right? Or those gurus or these experts that we look up to experience that. I think we're under the impression that it disappears and maybe it reduces a bit. Maybe it changes a bit, but you're right in that it doesn't ever fully go away.
1: Yeah. I mean, specifically as it relates to speaking, you know, I think like there's kind of a misconception that if let's say you get nervous before speaking as if that's a bad thing, I I think that's a totally normal reaction. I think if anything, it's easy to confuse um, uh, uh, nervousness with like adrenaline and excitement, right? So you think about kind of that feeling that you have before maybe you go step on stage or before you record a podcast, before you have like some big meeting or important thing. And if anything, it's kind of the body's way of, of, of heightening our senses and just like, hey, hey, heads up, like this is a big deal deal like pay attention here you know so i think about you you think about like big moments in life i think about like when i proposed to my wife or when my my daughters were born or some major speech and you felt felt some of those things it it wasn't feeling like oh this is gonna be a a complete train wreck or or this is gonna be a disaster as much as feeling like hey this is a this is a big deal like lock in here and pay attention and be present in this moment so again kind of ties back to like what what do you do in those situations you know because it's okay to feel some of that but you don't you want to make sure it doesn't cross the point where it becomes debilitating and and crippling And it's just like completely um, uh, just like self-sabotaging, right? So I think one of the best things that you can do, especially from like a, a speaking standpoint for anything is to really make sure you spend the time to like practice and prepare and go over whatever it is that you're working on, like time and time and time again. So for example, you take speaking. And I'll use speaking as it's the world I'm most familiar with, but uh, you think about like the best speakers on the planet. You think that sometimes that uh, they just scribble some thoughts on a napkin and then hop up there and then it all just magically works out. Like it just doesn't work like that. Like they've spent hours and hours and hours behind the scenes, practicing, 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 going over their talk time and time and time again. Because when you're creating a talk, for example, and you get up and, and speak and present, you're making an educated guess. I think this is funny. I think this will make sense. I think this will resonate. But I don't know, you know, until you get up and you're getting that real-time feedback, are people smiling, are they nodding, are they taking notes, are they paying attention, are they looking at their phones, I don't know. But based on that real-time feedback, then you can make some adjustments. And okay, that I thought that was gonna work, that didn't work at all. And you're making those adjustments. So each time you give some type of presentation, it, it gets better and you start to gain some more confidence. But again, the point being is that you, you, you should never, whatever the big thing is that you're working towards or working on, you should never just like, oh, I'm just going to hop up there and hope it all works out like that. That's Poor planning. Like, don't do that. It's just lazy. I mean, you think about even from like professional athletes, you know, if you're playing in the Super Bowl or some major sporting event, like, they don't just like, okay, I hope it all just works out. And granted, like, there's a a natural level of athleticism that they may have, but they still, as professional athletes, day in and day out, spend a ton of time practicing, practicing, practicing time and time and time again, going over little basic drills and elementary things just over and over and over so that they get more comfortable, they get more confident so that when they are on the field or on the court or on the stage or wherever it may be, they're, again, still some of the anxiety, still some of the excitement, still some of the butterflies, still some of the nerves, but it's much more controlled and they know how to perform and deliver.
0: Yes. You know what came up there as you were sharing this is I had a student recently who said, you know, Courtney, I feel better when I just wing it if I practice, if I prepare, then I get to the point where I'm now trying to be a perfectionist about everything. You know, I feel like I have to dot every I and cross every T. And then if it doesn't come out just right, I don't say the words exactly as I practice them, then I failed, you know, and, and it just kind of spirals downward from there. And what you said about the athletes, I think it's such a great example because they run these drills. They do these little things that are to us. It's just the mundane things, right? You know, but then we mm-hmm. go out and see them perform I'm down here in New Orleans. Our college team, LSU, played this week. They beat Alabama. It's this huge rivalry. Down to the last minute, you know, we were all- I watched like, it all. Oh, I'm my with gosh. you. right? But I was thinking about this the following day, exactly this, because I said, I, you don't see how much time and preparation goes into them going out there on the field and playing a game like they did. Any football team, any sports team, right? And Not even a team, any individual athlete as well. So what about those people who do prefer to just wing it? Or maybe- Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They've got a natural ability to show up on the spot, right? To be able to be quick on their feet. Maybe they do have some natural ability in that area. Talk to us about the benefits of practicing, even if you feel like you're someone who can wing it.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of, all right, you're down in New Orleans. So it's kind of the difference between playing classical music and playing jazz, right? Classical is there, and I'm not a musician at all. So roll with me on this one. But classical is like every single note is like, it is all scripted out and yeah, there's no like improvising or anything like that. Whereas jazz it's more of a, you know, we've kind of got our, our tempo, we've got a rhythm, we've got kind of our, our yeah. You know, what I'm trying to think of any other musical terms there. Uh, but then there's like some improvising and some kind of free flowing there and there's room to breathe. Right. And I think for, as it relates to the speakers and anything, I think that that's okay. You know, so when if you've ever seen like a, a speaker or a presenter or a podcast or whatever, and it feels like every single thing that they say is like overly scripted, it's not relatable. It's hard to connect with. There's a big disconnect there. And so uh, I always tell speakers like it's important to remember that as a speaker, you are a human talking to a collection of other humans. So act like a human, you know, anytime you've seen a speaker and it's just like, it's like, they're so deep in their own head that I say this and then I take five steps over here and then I do this with my hand da, 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 da. and it's just so overly formulated or um, formulaic. It's just like, ah, like it just feel, it feels off. Right. So it's okay to have like those, those moments of jazz where not every single word is going to be scripted and not, I don't have to nail everything perf- perfectly. So for example. Um, uh, I always like to, to use the example of, um, like when I'm creating a, a talk or presentation, let's say I wanted to tell a story about whenever I proposed to my wife, right? If you said, grant, tell me that story. Like I could tell it right now, but if, if I took 30 minutes and said, okay, let me just sit down and really think through like, okay, what was the weather? Like, what was the day? Like, what did we do leading up to that? What was our emotions? What did I say? What did she say? Who did we call first? Where did we go? What was the reaction? And then I presented it, I could probably tell a better story. And it doesn't mean that I need to manuscript out exactly what I want to say, but I I've, I've put thought into it of really thinking through like, what are all the details and nuance and what's the best order and sequence to tell this to get the best possible result. And so if I I told that, I'm not reading it off a script. I was there, I lived it, but I put thought and effort into it that just makes it a better story. It makes it more compelling. It makes it more interesting. It makes it more engaging and and relatable. So yeah, I think it's okay to have jazz, but the idea of like, I'm just gonna get up and wing everything. Like I do not recommend that at all. That's a horrible, horrible way to approach things.
0: That's a great way to put it, you know, and I imagine you work with so many of your own clients, you know, helping them build their businesses as speakers and teaching them that it is, it's, you know, dancing is the word that came to mind, right? It's like, it's a mm. bit of a dance. And, and I know from being on stages myself, yeah, there are those moments I step there, my mouth gets dry, you know, and it's like, okay, sure. it's go time. And then yep. you fall into your rhythm. And you start yep. to dance with the audience. And like you said, you get that real time feedback and it's such a beautiful, magical thing. And then you walk off that stage and you're on cloud nine because you know yeah. that no matter what was said on the stage or no matter if it came out the exact way that you prepared it, you saw in their eyes in that moment that they received it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you like, you go back to like the, the sports example, you know, watching LSU and Bama um, and, and being, I live in Nashville, so I'm an SEC guy. So we were happy to see uh, Bama get knocked off again. <laughs> you and I have both beat them this year, but, um but you think about like, from a from a football standpoint like they they practice play after play after play after play after play and so they get out there and they are like okay we know exactly the play that we're going to run but based on what the defense does or based on the weather or based on the game situation or where we're at, like that that's going to dictate and determine things as well we were planning on running this play and then you know we see something and then we call an audible or you know the it was supposed to be a a run to the left and the defense did something and now we got to run like now we're switching to improvising right we're switching back to jazz and so again, you you have to have both. So going all in on classical and I always just do it this way versus uh, I'm just going to jazz and just kind of, ah, I'm just going to get up there and, and make it up as we go. Like you, you got to have a blend of both.
0: Yeah, 100%. Makes total sense. So what about for those people that are sitting here listening, going, this is great, but I'm never going to speak from a stage. That's not what I want to do. I don't see myself getting up in front of people doing that, right? Public speaking was a class. I almost failed in college because I hated it. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Why is it still important for those people to still develop their skills as a speaker in their business?
1: Yeah, so a lot of times we think of speaking as again kind of like these big keynotes or these big marquee events or that sort of thing. But the reality is like we're, we're always communicating as, as entrepreneurs or as coaches or whatever it may be. And so whether you're having a one-on-one conversation with a client or you're talking to a potential client or you're doing a small group workshop or you're speaking on a podcast or you're recording some type of YouTube video or Instagram reel or whatever it may be, like you're always communicating in some way. And so being able to, again, put put coherent Piece of thoughts together and kind of think through frameworks and how do I best communicate this? What's the process that I take clients through? Being able to like articulate that in a clear and compelling way is important for any entrepreneur. So, th- th- so for some people, they they may want to say, I, I would love to be a speaker. I'd love to do a whole bunch of gigs. And that's, a, I wanted to be a big part of my business. And other people who may be watching or listening is like, I don't desire that at all. That's fine. Like, you don't, I think one of the great things about speaking is that again, it's not like a, a one size fits all where in order to be a speaker, you got to do you know 50 gigs. A year, and you always have to do them, you know, speak to this many people. It's like, no, you don't. Like, there's people who are very successful speaking who speak a hundred times a year or more, and some that speak five times a year. And it's again, it's not that one's better or worse than the other, but you get to decide what makes sense for you. But regardless whether you want to be a speaker or not, again, being able to clearly articulate and communicate your ideas to your audience, whatever that audience may look like, is is super important for, for any entrepreneur.
0: Can you tell us about a time maybe in your own business or maybe with one of the clients you've worked with where those peripheral benefits came into play and yielded a positive result, right? Like just being able to communicate well.
1: Yeah. So I think about like, from like a podcast standpoint, you know, so, um, this is something where I, I do a lot of podcast interviews. And so if, if I'm just fumbling my way through, or I'm not really sure what I'm talking about, but you know, several of the things we've talked about today are things like I've, I've kind of, uh, processed or shared on other interviews before and kind of thought through like, okay, let's think about the, you know, the difference between, uh, um, Jazz and classical, or let's think about the story of of talking about whenever my wife, uh, whenever I proposed to my wife, or let's think of you know. So some of these things are things that I've I've done before. Where again, when I present them now, it's probably in a slightly different way than maybe I've shared it before. But I've got a bit more confidence of going, okay, we've we've talked about this before. We've got a rough idea, Um, and even like the like the jazz classical thing, like I haven't talked about that in a while, but it's kind of like okay, that makes sense. How do I use that in other ways? You know, so for some people, they're more of a, a verbal processor where thinking through, maybe you're, you're working with a client and you're talking through something and you share some type of framework that just kind of hits you and you're like, dang, that was, that was really good. I need to use that more often. Or I need to like write that down or like make note of that or that turn that into something. Uh, and so sometimes like just talking some of those things through helps you to just better articulate or better uh, clarify, uh, what it is that you want to communicate or other ways that you can communicate to, to help other clients or whatever it is that you may be doing.
0: I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but I feel personally speaking here that when I communicate more within my business on podcast interviews, everything that you're just describing, you get those ideas and then you become better at communicating. Whereas prior to, you know, a lot of times I think what people make a mistake of thinking, which I did early in my business, make this mistake as well, was that I have to have my message all figured out before I can go do all of those things, before I can sit down on the sales call, before I can sit down on that podcast interview. I need to know exactly what I'm going to say. And maybe not have the words just perfect, right? But to know, like to anticipate the questions they're going to ask me and have all these things, but really it's in the the application of it. It's in the doing sure. of it that we get better. So for those people that are listening in, you know, on this vein that we're speaking about here, okay, I hear what you're saying, Grant, but I'm not a good speaker. I'm just not. I'm just not a natural born speaker. What do you tell them? Where do you usually start?
1: Yeah, that's fine. I think uh, I'd go back to one thing we touched on earlier that every speaker you look up to, you admire, you respect, you think, oh, I'm never going to be that good. And they just uh, either so articulate or funny or charismatic or whatever it may be. And like, I'm not, I'm not going to be that. But every speaker that you look up to, you admire, you respect, like everyone started from zero. Like there was a time where they had zero gigs. They'd never done a speech or presentation. And then they did their first gig and it was probably pretty bad. And so again that the people that you look up to that are like oh they're really really good at that thing it's not because like they have some just natural ability like they've spent a lot of time practicing it rehearsing it going over it time giving speech after speech after presentation after presentation to build some of that confidence. So some of it just comes with with time and you you know you were talking about earlier about how uh, sometimes there's this this feeling of I got to have all the answers. I got to have it all fit, figured out. I got to know everything before I even take that first step. So, for example, like when we're working with speakers, one of the challenges that they run into oftentimes is getting clear on who do you speak to and what problem you solve. Because oftentimes we want to spread that net as far and wide as possible. Who do I speak to? I speak to humans. I speak to people. My message is for everybody, right? And what do I speak about? I don't know. What do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. It's like, well, we all know like that doesn't work. And so narrowing it down becomes difficult because you're trying to eliminate things and just stay focused and have that, that like that perfect thing. But like you, you don't know until you uh, kind of get going. And so one line I like to use is, is it's easier to steer a car in motion than it is to steer a car in park. If you're sitting in a car that's that's parked, like you, you just can't really move the wheel. But if you get going even just a couple of miles an hour, like you can start to pivot and course correct and move. And so like when we were talking earlier about when you're giving a presentation, you're making that educated guess. The same thing is true for a business. If you're just starting a business from scratch and getting going and I'm doing coaching or I'm doing podcasting or whatever it may be, like you're making an educated guess, but then you can pivot, you can turn, you can course correct along the way. It's kind of like, I like to think of it like, like a chef who's making a new dish, right? Like they're, they're making an educated guess and they're gonna they're gonna taste it and like, mm, that's too salty or okay, let's taste, ah, it was a little undercooked. Ah, we cooked it too long. I ah, we need to add a little sugar. Ah, it needs a little less of this, a little more of that, right? So they're trying things as they go, but it would be unrealistic to assume that I wrote out this recipe and I nailed it the first time. Like for the most part, it just doesn't work like that. It's I'm gonna make a guess. I'm gonna make an educated guess. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna learn from that, get that feedback, but I'm going to do it differently. So give yourself some grace there of if you're you know rough around the edges as a speaker, great. So is everybody else like that. It's OK. And again, I think that goes back to one thing we touched on earlier, that as a speaker, as a communicator, as a podcaster, as a, a coach, whatever you're doing, you're a human talking to other humans. And so right, the less polished you are, overly polished the more relatable and and easier it is to connect with you than someone who's just uh, like way over scripted something.
0: Oh, I could speak to that last point so much. We could be here all day if I'd share that story. But, you know, early in my business, I would do these videos, put them out on Facebook, YouTube, wherever. And if we were to go back and pull up one of those videos, we would have a good laugh right about now because those videos are me trying to be someone that I was not, right? And it was this polished Mm -hmm. version of Courtney that nobody could connect with. And until I started to undo the beliefs that were getting in the way of me actually showing up as who I am, just sitting here having yeah. a conversation with another incredible human, it was very difficult for me to gain any traction in my business because I was unknowingly preventing people from connecting with me. I wasn't letting them in. Yeah, And I see this a lot. Because often we want to be that polished person that we see, right? This influencer that we look up to and we admire that we inevitably compare ourselves to because they're, they're so great true. and I'm not there yet. But it is in the finding our joy in the doing, in the learning, in the process. You know, that's exactly what they did to get to where they are. And we've got to adopt that same mentality. So to echo that 100%, because I found that to be true in my own experience so, so much. To that point, this is also why I really love podcasting because mm-hmm. you've got the beauty of editing so if yeah. you fumble if you, you know, say something that you didn't really come out quite right you can edit it but i feel like it's a wonderful place to hone your craft yeah. To learn how to be a better communicator. Would you agree with that? I mean you've had your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. For a
1: long time. Be- yeah, because like uh uh I having been on both sides of it. So I've been interviewed, you know, hundreds of times, I've recorded hundreds and hundreds of episodes. So again, it it gives you those those reps, that, that practice, right? And so the way that you get better as a speaker's you speak, the way that you get better as a writer's you write, the way you get better as a podcaster, as you podcast, right? So the more reps that you do of something just over and over and over and over, the more you start to build some of that muscle memory of of, okay this worked that didn't work and it helps you to become better over time and so yeah there maybe you know let's take the 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 jazz classical example we were talking about earlier we may throw something like that out in a podcast and that little thought kind of um, marinates and kind of circulates in my head for a little while and it's like hey let's you know let's turn that into a training or let's do an our own episode on it or let's you know flesh that out on a talk and so having a uh doing a podcast again whether you're um interviewing or being interviewed it's kind of a a, a laboratory where you can just try to uh, experiment workshop and try different things and see what resonates the 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 challenge with the podcast is that uh, as a speaker you get that real time feedback, but as a podcaster, I mean you and I are recording this at this very moment right now, but you may have you know thousands of people that are listening to this at some point, and we don't watch them we don't we don't are sitting there just like, "Hey, can we just watch you listen to this and see how you react what you respond to and what you resonate with right uh, and so there's some of this is kind of the after the fact, feedback of going like, I, you know, I hope this works. I hope this resonates. I hope this makes sense. And you you don't necessarily know, but you start to build again, some of those reps and that confidence of kind of just getting your own sense of what's working and what's not.
0: Yes. Okay. So I'm curious, be honest with me. Was there ever a time where you feel in your opinion that you walked on stage and you just bombed it? Like you fell on your face. Something did not go the way that it, <laughs> that you thought it was going to be. Maybe something that you said didn't land quite right. And tell us a little bit about what that experience was and what you learned from it.
1: Yeah, so there are uh, there are three factors that go into what makes a good speech and whether or not a speech is good. So you finish, you walk off stage, and you're just kind of evaluating, how did that go? There's a couple different factors. One is gonna be you as the speaker. So were you prepared? Were you ready? Did you show up and wing it? Did you just go through the motions? Did you just mail it in? So you're definitely a factor. Another factor is going to be the audience. And so if you are, uh, let's say you're speaking at a conference and it's the last day of the conference and everybody's tired and you're the last speaker and nobody wants to be there. Like that's just going to feel, it's going to feel a little off. Right. Or let's say that, let's say that you're speaking to a, um, uh a, a, an audience of sales reps and right before you speak the vp of sales gets up and says hey unfortunately we feel like you know there's going to be a recession and so we're going to actually have to let go 20 percent of you and as soon as the speakers finished, we're going to talk about which 20 percent get to leave you like it doesn't matter what you say on stage at that point like nobody's listening nobody's paying attention so that's a factor uh, another factor a third factor is going to be the environment um meaning uh, oh, let me give an example a couple of years ago I was speaking at an event in New Jersey and um, it was in a, a, a room that set 2,000 people. And so I, I do a keynote for 2,000 people in this room that seats 2,000 people. And it's great. The room is set for that. Right afterwards, they had me do a small workshop for about fifty people in the same room. Well, two thousand people in a room that sees two thousand people is great, but fifty people in a room that sees two thousand people is dead. Right, so it's not like okay, we got a bad room here, so I'm just going to go through the motions and get get done, finish this up. But realizing like what are the things that you can control, what are the things that you can't control, and so there may be times where like a speech was a mess. And, uh, and I, I, felt like I did everything I possibly could. Or maybe there are times where like a speech did not go well at all. And it was all on me. And it was, you know, I was the one that really just dropped the ball on it. So I, so I'll give you a couple examples. I remember one time, um, speaking at a high school assembly and right as I'm, I'm, um, uh, wrapping up the, uh, it comes over the intercom, were like the, the girls volleyball team to be dismissed, to go to their game. So you got people from all over this gymnasium who are getting up and leaving, you know, well, then you've got a bunch of high school dudes who are just kind of being silly and being funny and they start getting up and leaving. So you got like a decent chunk of the audience who's just getting up and leaving, you know, some people that are supposed to be leaving, some people that aren't supposed to be leaving. And just one of those who are just like, what is happening? And how do you, you know, how do you regroup from this? So that's happened. I had one time where a dog came running into the, the room. I don't know where the dog came from, but this dog is just zipping all over. Well, it doesn't matter Like what you say at that point. Nobody's paying attention. Um, I had one time where I was speaking at an event and it was in this hotel and the um, they were doing some construction outside of the hotel and the power got cut to the hotel. The whole hotel loses power. And so um, it was kind of between sessions, but I was getting ready to do a workshop. And so I said, hey, can everyone just turn the flashlight on their phone? And everyone, it was like an interior room. There's no exter- external lighting at all. And so everybody just turns on their flashlight and I just I kind of yell and we make it work, right? And so there's those situations that are just like these random, crazy, weird situations. Sometimes I did something, sometimes I didn't do anything and it just something that happened. So there's a lot of variables that go into whether or not a speech actually works.
0: Grant, I'm really glad that you mentioned the distinction between recognizing what we can control and also what we can't and not being hard on ourselves for the things that we can't control you know and just committing to showing up giving it our best rolling with it whatever might happen and just walking away from it knowing that you gave it your best and letting that be enough i think there's a lot of relief in that
1: yeah there there's you you can't control everything there's just there's some things that you can do something about some things that you can't so um yeah. I was thinking of several other things where I remember like one time a big, uh, we were, I was um, in like this metal building and like a hailstorm hit. And it was just like, it felt like the whole thing was going to collapse at any moment. I remember, um, one time this was I was speaking in Houston, Texas, and it was like the, the day before, I don't remember what, this was uh, probably 15 years ago or something. There's a hurricane getting ready to hit like Galveston. It was just like an hour away. And so, nobody's listening to anything i have to say i was doing like this full day seminar and everybody's on their phone trying to figure out you know are we in danger what's happening i'm like i don't want to be here i want to get out of town you know myself and just like again those things that are happening that are like did that session go well no it didn't go great you know but like i also you can't control a hurricane and so i just have to look at like what can i control what can i do something about now there's also like lessons to be learned of Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, when you go speak to that group of 2000 people and then they swap it and let's have 50 people in here, what are the things I can do to make that room seem super small or how can I better communicate with the client ahead of time and kind of clarify some of those things of, Hey, you know, we're, we're doing this next session. And just kind of looking at the schedule here. Where's this going to, it looks like it's in the same room. Is that, can you tell me more about that? Or I want to make sure like there's stuff like that, that you can learn over time that then like, yeah, I can't control the environment, but I can control what happens next time. And how do I handle that? And I, I think from like a speaker or a podcast or anything like that, I think like when those random out of the ordinary things happen, I, I kind of like it because it's like this real raw moment. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, you had to be there. Like this crazy thing happened. This dog ran around the, the room, you know, and it's just kind of one of those things that like breaks up the, uh, just a normal presentation or a normal talk. So when something like that happens, I, I'm a big fan of those things. And you know, someone has a, a loud sneeze or a cell phone goes off. Like it just, it, it creates this raw, real shared experience.
0: It's great to hear you say that. It goes back to what you said in the very beginning is that you're a human speaking with humans. Mm-hmm and i think you know sitting here having this conversation with you today grant that is certainly my biggest takeaway because i think it's such an easy thing to forget especially in this online space everybody's trying to be somebody we're sure. all trying to put our best foot forward and at the end of the day we're all humans yeah. you know one of my deepest core values is connection and that's why i love speaking that's why i love doing stuff like this you know yeah. on both sides of the mic being a guest being a host podcasting i feel like for me yes it's a great way to grow my business it's a great way to build your authority, right? If you're showing up as a guest on podcasts, if you have a podcast yourself, if you're speaking from stages, if you're showing up on sales calls, right? All of these are great ways to use your voice, to grow your business. But at the end of the day, for me, it's always, always comes back to that connection.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and then, yeah. Whether again, podcasting, speaking, uh, whether you're working with one person or a thousand people, you are a, a person doing your best, helping a bunch of other people trying to do their or doing their best as well. And so, the people that may be listening to this right now, you know, you may be trying to to build a business or grow a business or think about the next stage with that. At the same time, you're trying to cook dinner, you're trying to exercise, you just had a rough day at work, you know, you had a fight with your spouse, you're frustrated with your kids, like. Life is happening every single day and we're all just, we're, we're all doing our best.
0: We are. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. Grant, it has been amazing having you here today. Thanks for all that you shared with us. I know our listeners have gotten a lot out of this because, you know, as we spoke about right before we hit record, I've heard from so many people lately who really struggle to step into that role in their business as the voice of authority, Mm -hmm. right? To trust that what they have to say really does matter. That there really are people out there who need to hear it. And you have reminded us today that you just got to get out there and do it. That's the only way you're going to get better. And just remember, we're all humans and we're all here just trying to help each other. Just do your best. So Grant, thank you for that. And thank you for all your time today.
1: Courtney, thanks so much. I enjoyed the conversation.
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Grant as much as I did. I went back and listened right after we stopped recording because all of the tips that he shared are so practical. You can take any one of the things that he shared and walk away with it today and implement it in your business and notice what changes for you. Notice if you're able to show up with more confidence, with more authority, with more trust in yourself, knowing that your voice matters knowing that what you have to say is important and that there are people out there who are waiting to hear it. They're waiting to hear it from you. So if you learned something new today, I would love to hear about it. I hang out on Instagram at the Courtney Elmer. I'm there every day. Posting to my stories, posting to my feed, I share tips there on how to streamline your business and also how to leverage your message through podcasting. So if you're not already following me there, come find me at TheCourtneyElmer and send me a DM. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was today. I would love to hear from you. Now, friends, at the time of this recording, holiday season 2022 is upon us. And it can be a time of great joy and it can also be a time of great stress and overwhelm and anxiety and overloaded, overbooked calendars and all the things that come with that. So coming up next week on the show, we're going to be talking about why you should focus on managing your energy and not your time during this holiday season, particularly because this can be a very, very busy season for many business owners, as it is also a very, very busy season in our personal lives with all of the family events and the extra events and the kids off of school and all the things that go on during these last couple months of the year. So I'll see you back here next Tuesday. And until then, go live your effortless life.